Everybody back out tonight. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's all stand. We're going to sing out of the Brown Book tonight, page 173. may be seated page 53.
when the saints go marching in, when the saints go marching in, oh Lord, I'm going to be in that number when the saints go marching in. My Father, love the Savior, what a soldier he had been, but his steps will be more steady when the saints go marching in. When the saints go marching in, when the saints go marching in, oh Lord, I'm going to be in that number when the saints go marching in. And brother, may God bless her, I can see her now as thin. When the saints go marching in Up there I'll see the Savior Who redeemed my soul from sin With His tended hand He'll greet me When the saints go marching in When the saints go marching in Saints go marching in. Oh Lord, I'm going to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Somebody go to the door and let them people in. I don't know if uh, security's out there or not. Page 16. Let's all stand again.
from heaven's open door and I can't really hold me this world anymore turn around have a little fellowship ushers come on up back tonight uh just got a couple of things uh, as i mentioned this morning on uh, june 21st we're going to have a uh, uh, a movie night for the youth uh so we're gonna go off back in there have some popcorn a lot of junk food so all y'all parents we're just gonna sugar them up for when they get home they just won't go to sleep so just be prepared for that 
but we're going to start that around a, a quarter to seven, the start of the movie, so we can kind of get it done. Uh, so make sure you're, you're here for that. Uh, and also next Sunday, I uh, know that we're going to have a lot of people out, but uh, if you can be here, please be here. We're going to have uh, Brother Josh Nix come. Uh, he's going to be one of our candidates uh, for uh, a pastor. So please make sure you're here to uh, listen to him Sunday morning and Sunday night. And we'll also have a, um, a card in the back for Wednesday so y'all can uh, give us a little bit, bit more feedback about that as well. Uh, thank y'all very much. him coming today and preaching for us so y'all pray for him as he preaches good to be back in house lord this evening if you have your bibles we'll be in the book of ruth ruth chapter number two try our best shall we the thought as lord's laid on our hearts for this evening what we need through his word this evening we'll say as you continue to turn I thought about this weekend being Memorial Day weekend tomorrow being Memorial Day and and I thank God for those men and women that are willing and love their country and love their families enough willing to give everything to ensure the freedom that you and I have today I thank God for those men and women 
uh, most of which we've never met, may not even know their name, but I thank God for them. God knows who they are. We wouldn't have what we have today if it weren't for their sacrifice, and I sure do appreciate it. But I also want to take it a step further this evening and say I'm thankful for those that have stood and fought the spiritual battles as well. Those that were willing to give everything they had for us to have what we have spiritually today as well. Uh, untold hundreds and thousands of people gave their life for you and I to have a Bible this evening. And I think we ought to celebrate and thank God for them as well. Uh, great sacrifices that have taken place and things that people went through for you and I to have what we have today. We'll never know probably this side of eternity uh, just what it costed for us to have just a, one copy of God's Word tonight. And I sure do thank Him for it this evening. God help us not to take it for granted, but to cherish it and to hold true to it and to be faithful to it this evening. Yeah. Ruth chapter number 2. I uh, don't think I'll be long tonight. I do want to read the whole chapter this evening. I feel like that would be the Lord's will. So you begin helping me read this, this uh, evening in Ruth chapter number 2. Begin reading verse number 1. The Bible said, Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. She said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her half was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? The servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go after them that I have charged. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since thou hast, since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for, thou, for that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto me, unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. When she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. 
And she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she shewed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men, until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou goest, go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest, and dwelt with her mother-in-law. Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you once again this seating, I'm thankful, God, that you've brought us back together once again here at the house of God this seating. I gave us this privilege and this honor once again uh, to stand before your people. God, I'm unworthy and I'm undeserving. And God, if people come to see me, that Lord, they'll be greatly disappointed. I pray that nobody would see me this evening, but they'd see you high and lifted up. I pray that you'd do the preaching this evening. God, I'd just be a vessel and just be a mouthpiece, God, that you could use, that you'd do the preaching tonight through, the, through your word and through the working of the Holy Ghost this evening. That you'd speak to our hearts and give us exactly what we need tonight. Lord, you know where each and every one of us stand with you and, and what we stand in need of. And I pray that you'd speak to us in a special way tonight. God, I pray that you'd encourage your people tonight. God, uh, I pray, Lord, that you'd uh, uh, speak to their hearts and draw them close to you and, and remind them of your goodness and your faithfulness tonight. Uh, and I pray that you'd have your willing land all it's said and done. I pray, Lord, once again, if they'd be on here lost tonight and they been saved by the grace of God, that God, the Holy Ghost, would deal with their heart and draw them unto you. Lord, they'd get saved for it's everlasting too late. Uh, uh, Lord, we're not promised tomorrow uh, and time's quickly running out. Lord, you're soon coming. God, help them to realize their need, Lord, to be saved. Uh, Lord, I pray that you just have your will and way. Lord, we're solely dependent upon you tonight, Lord, to give us what we need. And Lord, all that you do, we'll try our very best to thank you and praise you for it. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name we humbly pray. And amen. amen. <clears throat> Once again, another familiar passage of scripture for our text this evening. I've had this, this passage of scripture on my heart for a couple of months now. I've read it, thought about it, studied it. Uh, and uh, Lord's helped me with it. And I hope and pray that we could say or do something to be a help to you this evening. Now, uh, just a simple thought. I won't keep you long. Uh, uh, but the thought that I've got on my heart this evening is where the Boaz told Ruth in chapter number 2, verse number 8. He said, go not to glean in another field. The thought that the Lord laid on my heart this evening is go not to another field. Go not to another field. Uh, we find in the beginning of Ruth, that in chapter number one, we'll find this family, uh, uh, this, this family of this man and woman, uh, this husband and wife and their two uh, boys, uh, how that they lived in, in Israel and in, in the house of God. Uh, and uh, they lived there and there was a famine in the land. Uh, and for whatever reason, they decided they would be better off to take a trip down to Moab, uh, a cursed land uh, with a cursed people. Uh, uh, it's a type and picture of the world and the word of God. Uh, and they decided they was going to sojourn in the land of Moab. That's, that sojourn means just a small visit, uh, uh, just a little trip. They didn't mean to stay very long. They are just going to go for just a little while uh, and they'd soon be coming back home. It was not meant to be permanent. 
It was not, they, they didn't intend for it to last very long, Brother Leo. They was just going to go for just a little while. Uh, against better, probably better judgment, they, they should have stayed at home where they should have been. Uh, but they went down to Moab anyway. Uh, and they went down to Moab. And we find here that, it, that they moved down to Moab. This wasn't just a small trip. They just flat out moved. You'll find that the Bible tells us they spent 10 years down there. You'll not only see that it was permanent by their moving, by how long they stayed, but by their marriage. Those young men took wives of the Moabites and they married Moabitess women. Now, it looks like to me they've drug their stakes in pretty deep and gotten awful attached to the land and to the people and decided to stay for a pretty good while, it looks like. You'll see the move to Moab and the marriage in Moab, but I thought about the misery in Moab. They got attached. They drove her stakes deep and they stayed a lot longer than they originally planned. Uh, uh, but it didn't turn out so well for Naomi. Uh, she ended up losing everything that she held dear. She lost her husband. Uh, uh, she lost her two sons. Uh, any possessions, it sounds like, that they might have took with them. Uh, uh, she lost everything because the Bible said that she'd come back home empty. I mean, she found nothing but misery in Moab. Can I just stop and say tonight, uh, uh, there's nothing good that you'll find down in Moab. Uh, uh, Moab being a type picture of the world, there's nothing but misery. There's nothing but loss and sorrow. Uh, uh, it may look real good to the eyes. It may look real appealing. Uh, uh, but this world has nothing to offer to a child of God. Uh, uh, once you've tasted the goodness of God and experienced His mercy and His grace, uh, uh, there's nothing in this world that will ever compare to it once again. This world has nothing to offer. Oh, how I bet she wished she had stayed in Israel. Stayed with God's people. But nonetheless, they sojourned. I thought about not only the sojourn. This is just the, the thoughts of introduction bringing us up to the text in which we read in chapter number 2. I thought about her sorrow also. The Bible said that Naomi, she was sorrowful. She, she was heartbroken. And she, she has nothing left. Her husband's dead. Her sons are dead. And... And she tells her daughter-in-laws that they'd be better off just to go back home. You just go back home to your, your families and your, and, the, and your former life. Uh, you'd be better off just to go back to where you was. Uh, I have nothing to offer you. She said she was barren. Uh, uh, she said, I don't have any more children to give you. Uh, there's nothing for me to offer you. Uh, she said, even if I could have a, have a son today. She said, would you wait for him? Uh, uh, she had nothing to give them. She was barren. She was not only barren, but the Bible said that she was bitter. She told him when she comes back into Israel, she comes back into town. And some of those friends that, that she used to know, some of them probably didn't even recognize her, didn't even realize who she was. And they go up to her and begin to talk to her. And the Bible said, verse number 20, chapter number 1. And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. She was bitter. She couldn't get over the things that she had went through and all the things that happened in her life and the things that she had lost and the grief and the regret. And Oh, I'd say she's probably one of those we talked about this morning. How she'd like to go back in time and do some things a little bit differently. She was not only barren and bitter, but she was broken. She come back broken hearted. The Bible said in verse number 21, she said, I went out full. She said, really and truly, we were leaving the house of God, going down to Moab looking for something. She says, but really, we were full already. We already had everything that we ever needed or wanted back at home. She said, we went out full, but we came back home empty. She said, the Lord hath brought me home again empty. 
Why then call me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? Boy, ain't that an amazing thought? Uh, you leave home thinking, thinking that you need something else, that there's more to, more to life than what you have, that, the, that you're not satisfied. There's something that's caught your attention and caught the, caught the lust of the eyes. And you think that there's something more out there that you need, something that you want, that you, you think that you're missing out on something. Uh, uh, but Naomi is a testimony. She said, really and truly, when we left, uh, we were already full. Uh, we already had everything that we needed. We didn't really need to go anywhere and find anything else. We had all of our needs met. That's the way you'll be when you leave. You'll find out that really and truly, you already had everything you needed. The world makes some things look real good, but you don't need that as a child of God. You have what you need in the house of God. We find here where we, pack, where we pick up in our text this evening in Ruth chapter number 2. I want to notice first of all, looking at Ruth now, we, we've talked about Naomi and how that uh, she's come back heartbroken and in spite of all that she's been through, and even these young ladies, I don't want to take it for granted, uh, they experienced some sorrow as well. They lost their husbands. The love of their lives, Malon and Chilion, they, they had experienced some loss as well. Naomi, it almost sounds like she's the only one that's suffered anything. But these young ladies have suffered as well. They've, they've heard just like she is hurt. They may not have lost any children, but they know what it's like to lose their husband as well. Ain't it funny sometimes when we go through things as Christians, we act like we're the only ones that's ever hurt. We act like we're the only ones that's ever experienced any heartache. We're the only ones that's, that's ever gone through a struggle or a battle. These people all around us that go through some of the same things that you and I go through. But in spite of all that, Ruth decides she's going to go with her. She said, I'm not going to leave you. The Bible said that she clave unto her. She held on to her. The other one went away sorrowful, Orpha went away sorrowful, but Ruth said, I'm not going to leave you. Where you go, I'm going to go. Your God will be my God. I mean, everything about you, whatever you do, that's the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to be just like, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. She clave unto her. So we find here in Ruth chapter number 2, verse number 1, the Bible says that they had a near kinsman named Boaz, who was a mighty man of wealth. Then verse number 2, the Bible says that Ruth tells Naomi, she said, let me go out into the field to glean, uh, and maybe I can find grace in somebody's sight. Don't sound like they've got hardly any money or possessions whatsoever. Uh, that's what they'd done back then in Leviticus chapter number 19, I believe it is. You'll find where God told the children of Israel uh, to leave back fragments and, and to leave back the gleanings for those that were poor and needy and, and, and unable to provide for themselves. Uh, and so that's the shape that they find themselves in. They are poor and needy. They don't have a lot of possessions. They don't have money just to go and buy food. She says, let me go out into the field and, and maybe I can find us a meal to eat today. She goes out in the field. She says, I'm going to glean, but maybe, just maybe, I can find some grace while I'm there. She goes out in this field. I don't know how many days she went out into the field. I don't know if this was the first field that she came to. I kind of believe it wasn't the first field. This was the, this was the main field, but I can't help but wonder, Brother Terry, if that had been some days, she'd already been to some other fields. You say, why do you say that, preacher? Well, the Bible said that she, uh, when she come home in verse number 18, she took it up and went into the city and her mother-in-law saw it, what she had gleaned. Uh, the Bible also says in verse number 19, her mother-in-law said to her, where hast thou gleaned today? Like she had been doing this for a little while. 
day after day after day, she'd been going to fields and she'd been uh, finding just enough to get by maybe. Uh, just enough to, to feed them for that day, Brother Marty, but she's going back every day and, and she's just trying to find enough for just the two of them to eat for the day. And But today, something changes. Something's different. She lands in a different field today. The Bible said it in verse number 3, And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And I like this. It says, And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. These fields were not marked or labeled. She probably had no idea whose field she was in. She just knew it was the it was the the Israelites' custom and law to leave behind fragments for those poor and needy. Uh, she could go around the edges of the field and in the corners of the field. She just couldn't go in the middle of the field. But those those fragments were left for those in need. She's gone from field to field, day to day, going and gleaning those fragments enough to get by. And it just so happens that this day she lands in Boaz's field. How many of you remember how you found the field? Day after day, you're searching and seeking for something in your heart and your life to bring some peace, something to satisfy you. Uh, uh, going here and there, looking and searching, uh, uh, looking for some grace, uh, uh, looking for something to satisfy you from one day to the next. Uh, uh, some of us had to come a long ways. Uh, I think about Ruth, how that she come all the way from Moab and all the things that she had been through, raised uh, uh, there in a cursed land under a cursed people, uh, uh, the scars and the grit, uh, the heartache of losing her husband and, and leaving behind her home and her family and everything that she had ever known and held dear, uh, all the things she had been through, she would come a long ways to find Boaz's field. I look at my own life and I see how, how great the grace of God's been in my own life. Brother Terry, I ain't had to go far. I didn't have to go very far to find the field. I didn't have to uh, go a long ways through Moab. I didn't have to go through a lot of uh, great loss and sorrow. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, I was pretty much raised in the field. Uh, I was born and raised in the field. The field's all that I've ever known this evening. Uh, being raised in the house of God, serving God. Uh, how many of you is glad for being raised in the field? You didn't have to go very far. Yeah. I didn't have to go far. I was raised in the field. I just needed to meet the master of the field. I don't know how far, how far you had to go to get in the field, but how many of you are just glad that you're in the field tonight? Regardless of what it took in your life to get you here, aren't you glad that you're here now? That you finally found the field where God wants you to be. Her half. I don't believe that's just happenstance. Bible said it was her half, but I believe it was divine direction. That God led her to that field that day at the right time, at the right place. Uh, uh, she might have went to Boaz's field other days, but it might not have been when Boaz was passing by. Uh, but she's out there gleaning at the right time, at the right place. And Boaz, he's on his, home, he's on his way home from Bethlehem. Uh, and he stops and she catches her eye. He, he, uh, she catches his eye and his attention. He said, who is this? Who's this young lady? I don't recall ever seeing her before. I don't believe we've met. Who's this stranger? And he takes notice of her. God has a perfect plan for our lives at the right time, at the right place. God had her at the right place to catch Boaz's attention. Aren't you glad God knows what he's doing? I'm glad, I'm glad when it don't make sense to you and I, we don't understand it, we, 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 we struggle to believe it, we struggle, we struggle to trust him. Aren't you glad that he knows what he's doing? He had her out there at the right time, at the right place. Uh, how she found the field. Then I want to see the favor that she found in the field. She gets his attention. This ain't just anybody. This is the master of the field. 
He's the ruler of the field. He owns the field. This is his field that she's in, and she finds favor in his eyes. I mean, immediately. He asked, he asked those there, those reapers, who she was and where she came from, but that's all he needed to know. Uh, uh, that's all he needed to hear. He didn't need to know all the past and all the history. Uh, all, she, all he wanted to know is what's her name? Who is she? And immediately, he, 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 he had a, a special place in his heart for this young lady. He cared about her. She wasn't just some stranger anymore, but there was something different about her, something in him that stirred up in his heart. And, and immediately, he, he shown, he, he shown a, a favor towards her. And he made her some promises in this field. Uh, the promise, first of all, uh, of provision. He told her in verse number 8, uh, he said, Go not to glean another field, neither go from thence, but abide here fast with my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go after them. If you'll keep going through the field and going behind the rest, there'll be enough for you to eat if you'll stay in my field. I'll see to it, as a matter of fact, that you have enough, that you get what you need. There will be provisions for you in the field. You'll be fed out of the field, you'll even go and find in verse number 16, uh, he went a step further beyond just letting her go through the sheaves, uh, uh, but even told his young man, he said, you just go ahead and drop uh, uh, some handfuls of purpose uh, along the way. Uh, uh, you don't make it obvious. Uh, uh, don't make it too, too, too noticeable, but you just accidentally drop some handfuls behind you, let her pick up and, and don't say a word about it. Just let her have it uh, and keep her going on. Keep reaping. But he promised her if she'd stay in that field, she'd be fed. He would provide for her if she'd just stay in the field. I thought about not only her provision in the field, but notice also uh, the people of the field. He said, stay close, stay fast by my maidens. That just means stay close. He said, you just stay close to my maidens. There's some other people reaping in the field they work for the master of the field. They know the ruler of the field. They work for him. And they may look a little different. They may have a different accent. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're just, she, she don't fit in quite like everybody else. They can tell she's, have you ever heard the saying, you're not from around here, are you? She wasn't from around there. They could tell there was a difference about her. Uh, but he told her, he said, you just stay close to them. How many of you is glad tonight you're not in the field alone? God's put some people to work alongside you, to reap alongside some people, that, some special people, not just anybody, uh, but some special people that know the ruler of the field, the master of the field, uh, uh, that you can go alongside uh, and, and you can learn from, some people to set the example. They told her how to, how to walk, how to talk. I believe pretty soon her, 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 her talk began to change. Uh, I believe maybe the way she walked and how she talked, uh, uh, she began to look different, act different because she was staying close by those maidens they set an example in front of her and she stayed close you know what because she stayed close to them she is able to go beyond the edge of the field she went beyond just the corners of the field if she's going to stay close to them that means brother mike she's going to be going where they go they're going in the very middle of the field that's where the best of the best was was in the center of the field where it got all the extra water and the extra fertilizer that's where the best sheaves were because she stayed close by them she got the better stuff. She didn't just get just the regular old leftovers. But she's getting the best grain. Because she's staying close by his maidens. He had provided not only the food for her. But for the people to fellowship with her. To stay close by. He said stay close by my maidens. 
Not only the provision, not only the people and the person, the ruler of the field, that's the person of it. But notice this, the protection of the field. He said in verse number 9, he said, Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? He said, As long as you'll stay in my field, nobody's going to bother you. Nobody's going to lay a hand upon you. Now, I can't help you if you go to somebody else's field. I don't have any control over what happens to you in somebody else's field. But now, if you'll stay in my field, I can promise you that nothing will happen to you. Nobody will lay a hand upon you. Nobody will bother you. Nobody will say a word to you if you stay in my field. I have no control over anybody else's field. But as long as you stay in my field, I'll guarantee it. You'll be safe. You'll have something to eat. Uh, you'll have some good people to stay close by to help you. Uh, and you'll also be protected if you stay in the field. I even thought about this. I believe you, uh, maybe not so much for her, but for you and I, you might could even say there's some preachers in the field. She, he, he said, you can even go to the young men that draw water and go and drink, drink of those vessels that they've drawn. You don't even have to drink. You don't even have to draw your own water. When you get thirsty working in the field, I've got some young men drawing water in the vessels. You just go ahead and pick out whatever vessel you want that they've already drawn out of, and they'll give you something to drink. How many of you is glad that there's some men of God when you're thirsty, when you're, when you're tired and you're weary, uh, some men of God to come by the way to give you a fresh drink uh, uh, when you're thirsty and help you and encourage you just to keep serving and to keep reaping, to keep plowing uh, and to keep telling the, the glorious gospel, Lord. I'm glad for some people to draw us a drink of water. That's what he told her. He said, and when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. You don't even have to draw your own water. They've already drawn it and put it in vessels. You just go and get you something to drink. I mean, he made it as easy for her as he possibly could. But all of this hinged on her faithfulness to the field. She had to stay in his field. If she went to anybody else's field, none of this was guaranteed for her. She hadn't found the same favor in anybody else's field that she found in Boaz's field. Can I say to you tonight, you can go to a lot of different fields, a lot of different places, but you're not guaranteed the same things that you're guaranteed tonight in his field. Uh, you've not got the same favor in other people's field that you've got in his field. Uh, his field's different than any other field. He said, go not to any other field. You have no need whatsoever to go anywhere. I will provide everything that you need. You just got to stay in my field. Go not to another field. You just stay in his field and you'll have what you need. I thought about her faithfulness to the field. That's what everything hinged on was if she is faithful to his field. Notice the fellowship of being in the field. As long as she kept going to his field and reaping in his field, he even provided her a spot. At his own table. He told her in verse number 13. She said let me find favor in thy sight my Lord. For thou hast comforted me. And for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid. Though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. And Boaz said unto her at mealtime. Come thou hither and eat of the bread. And dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers. And he reached her parched corn. And she did eat and was sufficed and left. She not only got the provision that she needed for her and Naomi back at home on the field, but she got to personally fellowship with the ruler of the field. She had a place at his own table. 
Bible said that she sat with the reapers, but apparently she wasn't just sitting close to the reapers, but it sounded like to me she's sitting close to Boaz himself because the Bible said that he reached her parched corn. She's only a seat or two away from the ruler, from the master of the field himself. She's not only getting to sit at his table, but she's sitting close to the master of the field. She's sitting close by. She's within arm's reach of him. Oh, there's some sweet fellowship if you'll stay in his field tonight. There's some good times to gather around the Father's table and fellowshipping with Him. And He'll reach over and, and give you something a little extra and a little special. But you just got to stay in His field. I want to encourage you tonight to stay in His field. Go not to another field. There's nobody. We definitely don't need to go to Moab, but we don't need to go to any other field either. We just need to stay in His field where He's provided and protected us with the people of God. That's where we need to be is staying in His field. I thought about what it felt like to be in his field. Here Naomi is. She's a stranger. She's from a foreign land. Like I said, she had a different accent, a different look about her. Uh, uh, I wonder what it felt like to be in his field. I can tell you what it felt like. The, the Bible said in verse number 10, Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me? Seeing I am a stranger, she felt unworthy. She said, I don't deserve this kindness. I don't deserve this favor. I don't deserve the things that you've given me and promised to me. Uh, why do you care about me? What is it that you see in me? Uh, what, do I, what have I done that could ever deserve uh, what you provided for me in this field? I don't even belong here. I don't deserve to even be here, much less uh, to find the grace in your eyes uh, that I find today. I don't deserve to even be here, much less all the rest of this. She felt unworthy, undeserving. How many of you tonight, when you begin to look at the grace of God and the goodness of God, when you realize you don't even deserve to be here, much less His goodness, much less His grace, can I remind you tonight, if it weren't for Him, we'd all be in hell. We wouldn't even be sitting on a church pew tonight, but we'd all be in all the place called hell if it were not for the grace of God. We don't deserve, we don't even belong to be here. Unworthy and undeserving. That's what it feels like to be in His field, unworthy. Undeserving. Nothing I could ever do to live good enough or do enough to deserve to be in His field. Just His mercy and His grace. She is unworthy, but she felt accepted. He made her feel like she is a part. Verse number 13, we've been ready. We'll read it again. She said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me. He's comforted her. And I like what else it says. And for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid. How, even how he spoke to her was different. He was sweet to her. He was kind to her. He spoke friendly to her. I dare say most people probably looked down upon her. Probably didn't even speak to her at all. They probably looked the other way. She don't belong here. She's a stranger. She's a, she's a Moabitess woman. Uh, she's, a, she's, she's from an accursed land and accursed people. Uh, what in the world is she doing here? And they probably looked down. But Boaz didn't look at her the same way everybody else did. He didn't even speak to her the same way that everybody else did. But he spoke friendly to her. They've been many times, even after I've been saved by the grace of God, and even after being in the field when I've messed up and done things I shouldn't, times when I've wandered in other people's field and, and been where I shouldn't have been, uh, uh, but when I come back, he's always spoke friendly to me. He's always been merciful and gracious and kind and forgiving. No matter what I've done or where I've been, He always speaks 
friendly. I'm glad he's the dearest friend that's ever been. Uh, he's a friend that seeketh closer than a brother. I'm glad he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. It doesn't matter what we do. He'll never change his mind about us. He'll love you the same today, yesterday, and as he will for all eternity in spite of our faults and our failures. He will not change his mind or how he feels about you and I. I'm glad how he speaks to me. I'm telling you, there's some amazing feelings being in his field. Unworthy and undeserved, but I feel accepted in love because of the way that he treats me and how he speaks to me. Then I thought about this, and I'm right now done. I thought about the evidence that she'd been in the field. She comes home that day, and it's different. It's different than any other day. She'd went and gleaned in fields before, I believe, but today something's different. And Naomi can tell it. She comes home in verse number 17. So she gleaned in the field until even. And beat out that she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? I mean, that, that's just the way I'm at. Where have you been today? You can tell that it was different than any other day. Not only did she ask where she had been and where wroughtest thou, but she said, Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. She said, You didn't have just an ordinary day of gleaning. You didn't just find just a little bit for us to make it today. Oh, no, but things are different. She said, Somebody's took notice of you today. She said, Somebody paid attention to you today. Somebody has blessed you today. I believe there's three things that she could tell that something was different in Ruth's life. Something had changed in her life that day, Brother Mike. I believe you can tell it by three things. Number one, by the quantity of grain that she brought home. The Bible said that she beat it out and it was about an ephah of barley. That's enough for ten meals. Ten, not just enough for them to make it on a day or maybe even two days, uh, but almost a whole week's worth. I believe the only reason why she only brought home an ephah is because that's probably about all she could carry. I believe she'd have probably brought home more than that, Brother Terry, if she could have carried any more. That's all that she could hold was a whole ephah of bar. I mean, 10 days worth of food. She brought home almost a week's worth for two people. Five days worth of food for two people. It's all she could carry. I don't believe she'd ever brought home that much grain before. But she brought home all she could carry, not only the quantity, and not only how much she brought, but I believe the quality of it. If you'll remember, because she is able to stay close by those maidens, she followed them. She reaped where they reaped. Well, there's a whole lot you could say there. I'm glad I'm, glad I'm falling behind some good reapers. And they're dropping some things behind on purpose for me to find. And they're letting me act like I found it, but knowing good and well, they, they, done, they done found it and dropped it for me. They, they already found it a long time ago, but they dropped it and acted like I found it. But I, I'm glad I'm falling behind some special reapers that know what they're doing. They know where the good grain is. I believe she not only saw the quantity of it, but she saw the quality. Man, this is good stuff. This ain't just old dried out off the edge mixed with a bunch of tires and weeds. But this is, the, this is good grain. I believe it tasted different. But I believe there was something else that was different about Ruth that Naomi could tell that she had been to a special place. I believe it, I believe it was a look on her face. I believe you could just see her countenance was different. By the way she had been treated. By the way Boaz spoke to her and took notice of her. It was evident. 
it was obvious that he cared about her, that she was not just some ordinary stranger to him, but he cared for her. And I believe you could see the difference on her face. Her countenance changed. Naomi said, where have you been today? Who, 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 who has taken knowledge of you? Who would you meet today? She, I believe she was as much interested in who she met as where she had been. She said, who would you meet? I believe she had a smile on her face. Well, you can just tell this was something that's changed in, in Ruth's life. She had a different look about her. She said, oh, just, just some man named Boaz. You know how a young couple is when they first meet and they, 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 they start to like each other and they're attracted to each other and you can just see a different kind of grin about them and just a different look on their face and, and they begin to talk and enjoy time together and, and, and you, can just, you can just tell when they're interested and, 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 and like being together. I believe Naomi could see that about Ruth. She probably hadn't looked that way. She probably hadn't looked like that since she first met Malon or Chilion, whichever it was that she was married to. She hadn't seen that look on, on Ruth's face in a long time. But she knew she had met somebody special. God help us as His people. When we go out into the lost and dying world, we ought to look different. Our countenance should be different. There should be a look on our face and a smile on our face. Uh, uh, people ought to be able to tell that there's something different, that we got something that they do not have. But you're only going to have that by staying in His field. You go down to Moab or go to other fields, you're going to be like Naomi. You're going to be so, so bitter and so heartbroken. Uh, uh, instead, of, instead of trying to bring them with her to Israel, she's trying to discourage them and tell them to go back to the same lost and dying world that they came from. If you and I ain't careful, that's the same thing, that's the same thing we'll do. We'll get so caught up in our emptiness and our bitterness because of the wrong choices we've made in our lives. Instead of trying to lead somebody to the Lord, we'll push them away. That's what Naomi did. She tried to push them away and make them go back to the lost world. Instead of telling them, we, we've lost some things down here, but there's, there's a better place. That ain't what she said. She could have and she should have, but that ain't what she said. You know, I thought about this. When, they, when Ruth's going to glean in fields, no doubt Naomi probably knew which field belonged to Boaz. She could have told her. She, she could have told Ruth, hey, there's a special man by the name of Boaz, a near kinsman. He's a mighty wealthy man. Why don't you go try his field? But I don't find anywhere where Naomi told her what field to go to or anything. She just told her to go. Fend for yourself. Hopefully you'll find something. She could have gave her a little more direction than that. But she's so caught up in her own sorrow and the regret of her own choices. She's not helping nobody find the Lord. She's not leading anybody to Boaz's field. Thank God God directed her in spite of her mother-in-law. But if we'll stay in his field, we'll fellowship with him at his table and get close to him and have that personal relationship with the Lord that he wants us to have, people will be able to take notice. Our countenance will be there. I just believe that there'll be a different look about us. They can tell if you're a true Christian. They can tell if you've got something different or not. They can tell it. Actions speak louder than words. You can tell them you're a Christian all day long, but what's your life portray? What does your action say? Does that say something different or does it agree with what you say? That you are saved by the grace of God, child of God. I believe we ought to be able to tell, I believe we ought to show the world that there's a difference. Hey, there's no field like Boaz's field. There's no field like his field. Oh, help us to stay in his field. Go not 
to glean in any other field. You have no need to go anywhere else tonight. Just stay in the field. Keep reaping with God's people. He'll provide for you. He'll protect you. He'll satisfy you. He'll fellowship with you and give you joy and peace in your heart that you won't get anywhere else. I don't know your heart as we stand. Brother Terry doesn't mind coming and bringing us a song. I tried my best just to share with you the simple thought that the Lord's laid on my heart for this seed. And there's no need to go to another field. He's got everything we could ever want and ever need and more in His field. And thank God we found favor in Him. I'm glad He loves us and He cares about us. Even in spite of our faults and our failures, where we've been, what we've done, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't, that doesn't bother Him. He's, he, there's favor in His sight tonight. If you're, here, and if you're here tonight and you're lost, never been saved by the grace of God, you've never met the master of the field, you may have been raised in the field all of your life. Church may have been all you've ever known. You've never known what it's like to live down in Moab. You may not have the scars and regrets of other people, but you've still never met the master. It's one thing to be in His field. But it's an even, a, a, an even greater thing to know the master of the field. Do you know him tonight? Or do you just know of him? Yeah, I've heard of that Boaz. I've been in his field all my life, but I've never really met him. I don't personally know him. I've seen him go by, but I've never talked to him. I've never fellowship with him. I've never sat at his table. I just know of him. Or do you know him tonight? You're not only in his field, but you fellowship with him. Have you got his attention? Do you wave at him when he comes? I love it when he, when he passes by. I like to wave at him when he passes by. Boy, he's good to us tonight. There's no need for me to go anywhere else. Go not to another field. Just stay in his field. This world has nothing, nothing to offer us. I'm glad he'll take care of us. We'll stay in his field. All these promises hinged on whether or not she was faithful to his field. God has a lot of things for you tonight. But it all hinges on whether or not you stay faithful to his field. I'll encourage you to stay in the field. He'll provide. He'll give you what nobody else can. I don't know your heart as they sing. I bid you to come. Page 375.